welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing Heartless by Gina Showalter. But before we get into the book, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform and follow us on social media. You can find us at the PHX Nest Pod on Instagram and PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at the Phoenix Nest Pod at gmail.com. The links to our social media can be found in the description along with a link to our Goodreads and our favorite independent bookstore, Mostly Books. All right, you picked a Fay book, and I thought I was going to be really excited. Oh, you thought you were? What happened? Okay, I was really excited. I got into it. <clears throat> okay, and then, um, and then Heartless happened. Gina Showalter happened to me, and it got weird. Um, yeah, it's it was a weird book. It was a weird book in general. It was a weird book. Like the the plot was a little weird. The characters were definitely weird, but I think they were meant to be, you know? Yeah. Um, but there, there was weirdness. So before we start, like, really get into it. Yeah. How did you find this book? I think just Googling. You just Googled yeah. Harlequins? <laughs> yeah, because I was having so much trouble on the website for Harlequin, like, filtering through. Because, like, if you filter through stuff, it doesn't matter. You're going to have, like, a thousand books to look at. It and then stop. It's, like, based on covers. Yeah. Just not good. So this was a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first in her new series. Yep. And we're like, sure, we'll do we'll do a new one after we had done, you know, our first Harlequin, which wasn't exactly new. No. And so we're like, okay, we can do this. Like, this will be, like, a breath of fresh air. It won't be too bad. Yeah. It, mm, we'll get into that. Um. So I did a little bit of research on Miss Miss Showalter here. She is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author. She's written over 70 books. She's written contemporary. She's written paranormal. She's written YA. She's most known for her paranormal. I do know that. Um, It's a lot. I've seen some of her YA stuff. I've never read it. I've never been compelled to read it. Okay. So I was really kind of excited, though, because I do want to, I I did want to get into some of her paranormal romance because, you know, I'm a sucker for paranormals. So I was excited that you picked this one and then we read it and then I I have thoughts. And now you're less excited to review it. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not less excited to review it. I'm less excited to try any of her others. That's fair. And in the back, it describes them as unputdownable, which I don't appreciate becoming a compound word. I don't also appreciate that being a word that described this book. I feel like I would try the Gods of War series, but I would need to research it a little bit more because this was definitely not my thing. Okay. Okay. We're going to get into that. Yeah. We're going to get into that. Um, First off, I want to apologize for this episode coming out so goddamn late. It's been just like a horrible twist of like random shit. Like... Well, I was sick. You got sick. And then you were sick. Well, Thanksgiving happened. Right. So we our plan was to have this out on Thanksgiving, but uh-huh. then I was sick. And then we decided we were going to wait and we were going to record it and have it come out the day or the week after Thanksgiving. Right. Which wouldn't make sense because like, who's going to listen to us on Thanksgiving? Nobody. And right. so I was like, let's record on Wednesday the night before it comes out. Let's like ultimately procrastinate. Sure. And then I almost died on Wednesday. Yeah. So um, between the, the illnesses and the holidays, uh, we're in 
you know, December. So that's cool. It happens. It's fine. We're going to like make it up to you. We're going to double record our holiday romances. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be great. We're going to get this done. My cat is making love to your purse. He's very excited. To be clear, he's not humping my purse. He's just like cuddling it and like rubbing against it. Hi. He's very strange. He is glaring at me. Because you're the one who dared to bring this purse into the, our home. But he likes it. He's got, he's huffing it. His he's whole sticking head his like, head in it. <laughs> he's like, human interaction? Fuck you. Cat's purse? Absolutely. Whatever. Do you have food in there? Gum? I have candy. No. But they're like Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> it's just weird. Okay. Whatever. I, let's get back to Heartless. Do you want to read the uh, synopsis for me? Oh, sure. Oh, goodness. Okay, here we go. Vengeance is irresistible. Kazar the Unhinged One, Fey King of Midnight, can drive anyone to madness with a song. A ruthless warrior forged in hate, he lives to force his enemies to their knees. He will stop at nothing to succeed, even abducting and seducing his foe's beloved bride to ensure his own child one day sits on the male's throne. Except his prize escapes to the mortal realm before the first kiss, her heart transplanted into a human beauty with, a, with dangerous secrets. Chantelle Cookie Bardot is a professional gamer girl, great at trash-talking, bad at peopling. After a long-awaited surgery, she begins to morph into a powerful fey princess. Catapulted into a strange land ruled by a cruel but seductive villain, she must battle flesh-and-blood monsters and navigate royal intrigues. But the true danger is Kesar, whose every wicked touch tempts her beyond reason, should she run or descend into the darkness with him. Okay. Okay. I'd like to point out that it's reviewed by Cressley Cole, who is probably the author I would liken this book to the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Because you read the YA series she did. Right. And I think that is in some ways extremely, extremely similar to some of these plot points. Yeah. So. Okay. Anyways, so- but Heartless. Um. Oh, gosh. I don't... We need to start maybe with some warnings. Okay. Our trigger warnings. Trigger warnings. So Because they were unexpected. My normal my normal trigger warnings are to find them on Storygraph. Storygraph did not have trigger warnings. Is that just because it's so new? Because it's so okay. new, not enough people have read it. And no one's actually input their um, trigger warnings because the deal with Storygraph is that you put them in yourself. Oh, well, we can add our list. Let's add our list. Because um, it's... Murder. Brutal. Brutal murder. Like, a lot of violence. Kidnapping. Child rape. Oh, God, yeah. I had a moment where I forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. It's Okay, so that's one that we'll talk about separately, but that's, like, a weirdly big one. Yeah, and it's, like, at the beginning. And then at the end. Yeah. Oh. Well... Yeah. Um, terminal illness. Severe terminal illness. Um, I think those are probably the biggest ones that I can think of. Just off the top of my head, I think those are the biggest ones. Yeah. Lots of, lots of murder. Lots of gore. There's gore. But, like, not unlike what I would expect in something that seems formed from, like, a Tolkien offshoot. 
J.R.R. Tolkien shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the creatures and, like, the brutality. Yeah. I think. Because, like, when they mention, like, orcs and minotaurs and centaurs and, like, eating humans and, you know, stuff like that, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, that's probably pretty On normal. Yeah. fantasy world. Okay. So... I think we need to divide this into, like, three sections to effectively talk about it. Okay. Um, Because of the way the story is separate and then combines. Yeah. It's really, really strange. Okay. Um, We don't normally have problems with that. Like, the back and forth thing. No. For perspective, we're totally fine with that. It was just the... um. The merging of the stories wasn't as seamless it was as it could have been. It was odd. Um, so first off, first impressions. What was your first thought going into this? I first thought, oh no, this is going to be weird. <laughs> um, I did enjoy reading some of the like background stuff. Okay. Of like the kingdoms and the I'm going to, I hope, I don't know how you say it, Glamara, Glamara? Glamara. Glamara. Okay, so I was right in my head. Um, That's interesting. I I mean, it was like a sad, sad, tragic story at the beginning. And then, you know, I was expecting it to morph into like his tale of vengeance, Kesar's. And instead it just stopped, skipped ahead, and then confused me. (laughs) Because it was very confusing. So I went into this. Fully expecting to be incredibly excited. I'm a hoe for Faye. Okay. I'm a hoe for Faye. In fact, my favorite series is the one that we will never read on this podcast for fear of Kat hating it and then hurting my feelings. (laughs) (laughs) And because I don't think I can do that. I I read this book every year. I'm in the middle of my reread for 2021 right Uh now for it. Um, I'm listening to it on audiobooks so that I can do other things with my time. But... I'm a hoe for Faye, so reading that he's the Faye King, and I'm I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, we're in, we're in, we're so here for this. And then I started reading it, and I was like, the fuck is happening? So, okay, so this is the, the part where it requires explanation. So the prologue is the beginning portion that I'm talking about, and um, Kesar and his sister, Viori, mm-hmm. are orphaned because um, his younger sister didn't understand her Glamara. And accidentally killed their parents. In a weird way, though, because a, like a sickness came through their little village. And she told she used her Glamora to tell her parents, like, to will them to get better. Right. And they got better in the unalive way. Yeah. They died. Because there's, like, get healthy or there's the not be in pain versions of getting better. And that meant that they both died. Yeah. So they're orphans. They have to – they're leaving. They're trying to figure out where they're going. And he's, like, caring for her because she refuses to speak. And they come upon the royals of another court, Mm -hmm. um, which would be the winter court. All the courts except for Kesar's are named after the seasons. There's summer court, winter court, whatever. Um, And they, like, brutally murder a maid. And then they find out that he's been spying on them because he keeps being like, I need to get food for my sister. I need to risk this. Mm-hmm. And so they take him as a prisoner. And leave and, his sister. Right. Because he doesn't tell them that her, his sister's there because yeah. he doesn't know what they're going to do to him. Exactly. And he is like 12. Um, <clears throat> So he never sees his sister again, 
which is like the tragic being to the story. But like his own personal tragic story is the being locked in the tower and they cut being, out his tongue, being so used and raped and just all this stuff. Horrible, horrible things to this poor kid. It's and bad. Then we cut to Cookie. Well, so we catch up with him as an adult. Oh yeah, yeah. and his collection of tongues and. He has made his own court, which is why it's Midnight Court, and he's conquered the Dusklands. Yeah. And he's created his own, like, evil empire kind of court. Everyone's, like, afraid of him because he's unhinged. Did you ever watch the third Santa Claus movie with Jack Frost? No. No? No. So in that one... I'm going to liken this to a Christmas film. Great, because that seems on par for, <laughs> for for what we're doing. For what we're doing. I'm going to liken this to a Christmas film. So in the beginning of this book, it's like Santa Claus is the one who runs the North Pole. Sure. But in the third Santa Claus movie, Jack Frost comes and Jack Frost, take he takes over Christmas. Sure. And he's running it like a militant. Like he's horrible at running Christmas. Okay. It's Jack Frost. He doesn't know how Christmas works. He's... That's not his thing. And so basically Kesar is Jack Frost in this instance where he takes over and he's just the worst. He's okay. awful. But he's darker than Jack Frost could ever be. Jack Frost is like, I want to take over Christmas. And he does. And then he sucks at it. And then Santa Claus takes over again. Right, right. Whereas Kesar takes over and he's like, everyone is going to die. That's just how it is. It's like you break a rule, you die. You say something rude, you die. And it just like, it's given him like very strict control of his lands. And like he has a seer um, who helps him do a lot of the planning for things because most of his necessities for his life are just like formed around torturing the winter court royals, which makes sense. But instead of killing, he just wants to make them feel like shit constantly and like hurt them. Well, because he killed the one and it went by too fast. Right. And so he's like, nope, you gotta savor it for all eternity. And I'm like, can you just end it? His his vengeance has just like taken control. And he says multiple times like his first mistress will always be his his vengeance and stuff. Oh. So he's just like a very dark, twisted character. Not unlike others we've seen before in movies, not so much in romance novels. No, like I'm here for a dark, twisted character. Like I love a good dark, twisted. He like character. legit likes like the the blood running over his fingers, his like stained clothes. Like he is like romanticizing murder beyond normal. I don't want to say normal, but like villain, beyond limits that we've seen in other things. When a villain says he wants to drink the blood of his enemies. That's Kesar. Yeah, and like he keeps the tongues in jars. He has a collection, and, and it's all the kings, all the kings' tongues, and it's only from the Winter Court for the most part because they can grow their tongues back. They can grow body parts back because they can sing healing songs or whatever it is, and they're what? like immortal. They can, can be killed, but like it takes a lot to kill them. So okay, so we cut to the story, which is modern day, because. Kesar has decided, oops, oh my gosh, has decided he's going to kidnap and seduce the Winter Court's newest princess, Lalundra? Lalundria. Lalundria. I did not enjoy her name. I did not enjoy that name at all. The worst. The worst. And I'm like, where did you, because she's from the Summer Court. Shouldn't she have something like 
bright sounding and sh- like happy. Was she from summer or was she from spring? No, I'm pretty sure she's summer. Because she is, she's all the plants and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was summer. It was, there's, this is a big fat book too. So this is why we're going to get stuff wrong. Not just the time since we read it, but like, it's a lot. It's not just that it's a big fat book either. It's that it's a big fat, um, complicated, complicated, kind of convoluted story. So if we, we fuck up, we fuck up. I also had the added bonus of not speaking to Kat about this, but speaking to another podcaster friend Mm -hmm. who was also reading this for their podcast. I'm not going to mention it because it hasn't come out yet. And we're going to wait for theirs to release before I say anything about who this was. Just know that we read this together without realizing we were reading it together until we were almost done with it. I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about because of Instagram, but... Possibly. Whatever. Um, Okay, so his plan kind of morphs and he like catches the prince and the new princess like going at it in a waterfall in like a cave waterfall it's like this sexy romance thing very similar to what we've read in other books so similar um but he like surprises them and it's it's, it gets weird right and so he and the prince start fighting what's the prince's name why can't i remember his name jareth there you go jareth and he shoves lalundria into the way of jareth's ice spikes because he can make ice spikes come out of his fingers that's one of his powers uh-huh. and he knows Kazar knows he can heal her because he has healing powers he, no he has like he like elder seed or some shit yeah and yeah. so that can heal anyone from anything so instead of her being like weak or whatever she opens a portal to modern day Oklahoma Oklahoma and flies through it as she's dying. So this is where it gets confusing. Because the way it's written, we're led to believe it's been years. And it's been years in the Fey world. Yeah. It's been like months or something. Something like that, But yeah. when the the princess goes through the portal, she's obviously dying. Yeah. Like, without the special powers and seed or shit, she can't. She can't Survive. heal herself, and she's in a human world. And this is a crossover. So this is where we find Chantel. And she's got, like, an ex who's kind of a douchebag. She lives with this old lady and a cat. And she has a heart problem. Right. She has a heart problem, and she needs a donor. Yes. And suddenly, Lalundria's heart is available because Lalundria's dead, which we need to go back and visit that, like, time problem Later. Later, because the end of this book doesn't work. No. None of it works. None of it works. So she gets a phone call. They rush her in. And then after, she's like magically healing faster. Her hair is turning color. Her eyes are bigger, which I don't understand that one. Anime. Do Faye have really big eyes or something? No. Aren't they? I always think Faye are like elvish looking. Yes. Okay. With the pointed ears. and Okay. So I'm not crazy. I don't dip my toe in the fey pool very often you don't um i'm not against it it's just not one of those things but like when i think fey i think tom hiddleston is loki fair like i don't know why but okay so she gets it and she like she's like paranoid that someone's coming to get her and then all of a sudden she's like sucked back through a portal into the forest she accidentally creates the portal which is like Really weird, too. So then she ends up finding Kesar. Well, 
before she's almost eaten by just every fucking creature in the woods. And she keeps, like, touching shit. Like, she recognizes things from her game, which is a different question we have. And But she keeps, like, doing things. And I'm like, if you were sucked through a portal that you magically created with fingers that are now vines and flowers, and you're in a weird, dark forest, why are you touching things? Don't touch shit. Don't touch shit. And then it's like, ants are all over her. There's sprites and fairies who are being really big bitches. I... It's just bad. hated everything about what that, she did. That crossover? Yeah. When she got there, it was like... It was like she fell into her favorite D&D world. She fell into her video But it was game. trying to murder her. And it was trying to murder her. Like, actively. Well, and then she, like, she could talk about how she knew how all these things were from her video game. But why couldn't she defend herself? I don't know. Like, I really don't. So she sees orcs, and she's like, expects them to attack her, and they don't. She sees minotaurs. But the ones that really fuck her up are the centaurs. Yeah. First of all, centaurs we know from just, like, background folklore stuff are not super kind. No. And it has to do a lot with, like, not fitting in either world. Yeah. And having just, like, really big disdain and then, like, believing in, like, their own greatness a lot. It's it's a lot. Did you you ever see um, the Harry Potter musical? No. No? Okay. Um... I just kept thinking of Friends from uh-huh. Harry Potter, but from the musical where they're like, it's Friends, our central friend. <laughs> and I just kept repeating that over and over again. And there's a scene in the the musical where Friends takes um, Professor Umbridge into the woods and everyone's like, everyone knows that minotaurs rape their human consorts. And I was like, oh, this is going to be the worst. Whatever happens with her in this minotaur or the centaur, yeah, we're fucked. We're fucked. Yeah. It so, happen. but okay. So here's where the other thing kicks in. Like they're paying special attention to her because she doesn't realize it, but she's already immortal. Yeah. Because of Lilandria's heart, right? Yep. And that's why her hair is pink because she's taking on characteristics of of Lilandria. her donor. Yeah. And the centaurs know this, and so they kidnap her. And the idea is, if you kill and eat. Someone who's immortal, you then become immortal yourself, right? And so that's their plan. But then Case, our seer, is like, she's here. And he's like, but where? And she's like, you might want to go get her. Yeah. And so he leaves to go get her. To go get her. It, this also, the the half-life situation or the, like, taking on the immortality. Yeah. Made me think of unicorn blood in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Half-life. Yeah. This, uh, listen, I think I can take everything in this book and, like, refer to a Harry Potter thing now. Which is also somewhat annoying. And somewhat weird. And that we shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. So, okay. So, he goes to save her, and what the seer has told him is she is the skin she wears. Which is not a great wording for what she means. But seers are supposed to be kind of, like, um... Cryptic. Yeah, and so I guess that's where that comes from. But what that really means, we find out, is that however she dresses is the personality that takes over the majority of her persona. Exactly. And so by providing her with other people's clothes or clothes that's meant for something else, she then behaves that way. Yeah. That's all that really means, which was, like, kind of cool and kind of weird. Did you? I found it annoying. I found it annoying because I didn't... Well, she was always awful underneath all of it, so, like, it didn't matter. That's very true. I found... I 
did not like Cookie in any way, shape, or form. I didn't like her. She, I think part of the problem was that she was trying to, like, overcompensate for not knowing what she was doing by being kind of a bitch. She was a huge bitch. She was incredibly unlikable. Incredibly unlikable. Until maybe a little bit past the middle of the story. Oh, no, I didn't like her the whole way through. Oh, really? I could not stand her the entire way through. Did she want to fight with him all the time? She was always wanting to fight. She took on his vengeance and then, like, brought it into her own heart. Okay. And she just let that sit and fester in herself instead of helping him get over it and then let's move on. She just felt like evil the whole way through to me well i mean to be fair she did help him get over it but she not does, in a great way but not no not in a good way at um, all so is like fine i'll make some concessions i will lead you through this force he doesn't tell her that he's the king no. <laughs> for like a few chapters which i kind of thought was funny um but she is like insisting that she can do everything herself she's like no i understand how this works and he's like no you don't and she's like no i do i've seen it in a game First of all, no, that's not how it works. But he makes sure that like he she has everything she needs. He plays a few tricks on her, whatever. He fills her back with rocks. It just keeps getting heavier and heavier. Yeah, and then like he gives her a lot of like jewelry and stuff uh-huh. that he's taken from other people. Um, he kind of warns her against Jareth, mm-hmm. and she's already like, I feel like I don't like him. Yeah. Even though, like, in the story, Jareth and Lelandria are, like, madly in love. Like, they're actually in love. Yeah. And so Lelandria's, like, last vestiges of her soul are trying to convince Chantel, like, you know, you do love him. And she's like, no, I don't. I love this guy. Yeah. Who I met a day ago. So, like, they're in love. So, so Jareth does come after them a few times, and it doesn't work out, and they end up capturing him. Mm-hmm. Um, the That big scene is when they're going through the waterfall into the Dusklands, yeah. and they're met with an army mm-hmm. that's like, you shouldn't be here. They, Kesar's going back to his castle. They have to, like, recapture it because the centaurs took it over. No, they're not centaurs. Oh, centaurs. Who are they? I don't know. There's so much in There's here. There's so much happening in this book. They, But s- some other creatures have taken it over, and they're like, you don't rule right. We want to rule it. Okay, so the winter courts are called frost lines. Mm-hmm. Where are... Cat is currently skimming through this 400-page romance novel. But, like, this is also confusing. It's confusing. So anyway, they get the castle back and he keeps going out to try to catch Jareth and he wants to continue to torture him and his father. Um, at one point, Cookie is done with it and she decides, this is towards the end, she decides that she's going to end it once and for all and she kills the father because he's in cahoots with the guy that was running the castle to begin with. Micah is his name. Micah? Yeah, there you go. Let's see. What is Micah? That's what I'm looking for. Because they're in the Dusklands. I want y'all to know that Kat can just open a book within like 20 (laughs) pages one way or the other and basically find exactly what she's looking for. 
Which is like, thank God. Okay, hold on. That has to be the teacher in you. She's talking about avatars crossing a bridge because it looks like the force of good and evil. But it's not it. Army rings rest on you. They deafen themselves. Because Kesar's song. Right. Which is kind of cool. Like, if you could kill someone by singing, that'd be cool. Do you remember our conversation the other day about how you need to be careful traveling so you don't end up with amnesia in a small town so that you don't become a Hallmark movie? And then you said, but only if I can wake up with an accent. I decided that if I wake up with something for after amnesia, I want to wake up with the ability to sing very well. Micah's just Faye. Why but he I, has an army that includes, I think it includes centaurs. That and makes stuff. sense. That makes so much more sense now. Because she says, the face certainly grew their men right. Oh, yeah. Ew. She ogles these guys so much the entire time. Okay, to be doing. fair, that would be like any. Because for her, it's like seeing a character that she's loved, right? Okay. And so, like, we can all kind of understand where that goes. But because we – she already reached the point where she's like, oh, no, this is real. This is actually happening. Yeah. She doesn't get control of herself no. at all through the entire thing. I mean, okay. If I had the opportunity to meet my favorite fictional characters, who are Faye, I would probably do the same thing. Yeah. But I would probably rein it in. I, I would be able to like, oh, this is real. Like, I can't talk to these people like right. that. That's not cool. I just. She just didn't do that. She was very fortunate that her horniness didn't like destroy the battle parts. No. But that's, I think that's where you're talking about like that she takes his vengeance as her own. I think it's because it turns them both on in like a weird way. In a weird way. This book was incredibly horny. But not in a good way. Like, there's not a lot of actual sex. It's just a lot of built-up tension. I made a video for my friend, Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Brittany has read Gina. She enjoys Gina. And I had to ask why this book was so horny. And are we sure that Gina is okay? Has she ever been touched in an intimate way? Ever? Because this book was weirdly horny. It was a lot of rubbing of parts. So much. And I'm not going to say the sex scenes weren't bad because the sex scenes were actually fairly decent. Compared to the other things that we've read, they were pretty good. Yeah, compared to a lot of things we've read, they were real they were actually really good. Um, I just think that when the only good part of the book is the sex scenes and the kind of cool magic system, everything else was shitty. Mhm. That's not enough to carry a 400-page romance novel. Yeah, it's and I think because the plot is like the most basic forms of this plot are really played out mm -hmm. in other books that aren't about Faye that were like, okay, formula, we know where this is going. So like, okay, so the first time they battle together, she eats the elder seed, which is such, it's like cocaine. It like spikes. <laughs> she, she just it is though. It is. Cocaine. It's like she just ate a crack rock. <laughs> she, she gets all crazy. She's got, thorns that are taking out grown men she's making so many fucking vines she makes a bridge across a canyon she also almost kills Jareth, and that's how they then like take him with them as their prisoner yeah 
And she's just like, this is awesome. This is fucking cool. I've never had this much power. Because in her human life, she didn't. She was always like, she was kid weak. gloves, can't do anything. Yeah, we can Can't do sports, whatever. Sick. Yeah. It, it was just, she had really cool powers, but at the same time, she kind of took them to the extreme. And I think the issue that <laughs> With I the have, murder? With the murder. <laughs> I think the issue that I have is that no one told me this was going to be a villain's love story. And this is essentially a villain love story. This is when you're like, oh, my God, I love when the hero and the heroine fall in love. And then that villain is sad. You're like, does the villain have love ever? This is that book. Right. But not done well. No. I think that's the part that was upsetting me is I don't mind if the villains fall in love. Everyone's got to love someone. Yeah. But the, the way that – because I didn't – after reading a lot of it – or, like, the first half, which feels like a lot. Yeah. I didn't expect him to have a complete change of heart. That he had been the way he was for centuries. Mm-hmm. That's not, it's not like a Beauty and the Beast, oh, you're not a bad person kind of feeling. No. Um, And then when she gets off on, like, his song. Like, his song literally kills people when he sings. She Their, like, like, ears bleed and they, like crouch down and they like are writhing on the floor right she's like so into it she sings along with him and makes up lyrics to his song because he's just singing the notes right he's yeah. very snow white about it and like she's making up lyrics just thought of like barbarian snow white <laughs> this is kind of what it is and like you know and so like i just so she's super into it. Her being into it makes him more into it. But they're still not having sex. No. And then after the elder seed wears out, she like is dead to the world for like three days. She has to recover. Cocaine will do that to you. It's I guess so. <laughs> but so they take the, the castle back in the Dusklands and they like try to come to some kind of agreement that like this can be her castle. Yep. He would help her oversee things, but he this isn't his castle. They don't ever go to his castle. No. Which just, makes me insane. He just randomly says, You could have this. You have no- You could be the queen of the Dusklands and the queen of the Midnight Court. And she's like, Huh, I could do that. It's like it's just a job. Which I guess it is, because he made it up. Like, he made up his own court. That's why he has it. Just, He's like, I conquered these lands, and now it's mine, and that's whatever. That's not how things work, though. That's but, like, okay, but, like, video game stuff, kind of. Kind of. Kind so, of. she becomes the queen, but then she's, like, you have to choose me or your vengeance. And he's like, I can't choose. Vengeance will always be my number one until I find my sister. Because he's still holding a candle. He's still, like... She's got to be out there somewhere, even though my seer can't see her in the visions, all this stuff. And, like, it all kind of unravels from there. Like, But she's, so then we all, well, we find out that Viore's <clears throat> been in this castle in the Dusklands. Right. And then he, like. find her doll. Yeah. And then he's, like, obsessed with the doll. Weirdly obsessed with the doll. Then they, she finds a door portal thing and then finds out. It also goes to Oklahoma. It also goes. Why does everything lead to Oklahoma? Is she from? Oh, she's from Oklahoma, isn't she? Oklahoma, where the winds come sweeping down the plains. I think I read that. I think that's as far as I can sing without getting copyrighted. Yeah, Oklahoma City with her family and a menagerie of dogs. Question. I don't think a menagerie is just one animal. Yeah, how many is a menagerie? A lot. Okay, anyways. 
So she finds this portal. She, it gets confusing towards the end. She travels back home Uh because she wants to get her roommate and make her her immortal and her cat and make him immortal by feeding them. But this is after she kills what's Hador. Yeah, Hador. Or Hador. Hador. And Micah Micah. escapes. Yeah. So this is after that. And he's, Kesar's big mad about her ending his vengeance. Because he wants to ultimately be the one to get vengeance for himself and all this stuff. Yeah. But then we also find out that Jareth, when he was younger, was also raped a lot. Yeah. And treated just as 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 Kesar was. So there's that whole weird story tangled up in there. Enemies to besties. Yeah. And so when she returns, they're fighting side by side. Yep. They're helping each other. And he, like, in his thoughts says he never imagined a frost line could actually be good in battle. He must have been holding back when we were fighting. How dare he? And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like a weird rivalry thing. Okay. It's whose dick is bigger. Yeah. It's a pissing contest for for royalty. And, well, so then she goes back. And she goes and she's like in this cabin. She so she finds herself on like the side of the road. Yeah. And then she finds a house, right? Uh-huh. It's in the middle of nowhere, which is kind of what she wanted anyways, and she just lets herself in. Rude. Which is real creepy because she's like desperate. Rude. Right? She's yeah. dressed in her Lalundria shit. She's fresh from battle. Battle because he drags her to the portal and shoves her through after she fucks around. Yep. And um she welcomes herself into the home, takes a shower, and goes to look for clothes. And then is, like, looking around and sees that there's pictures of a woman who is has to be Lalandria. This is where her timeline gets weird. Yeah. So the idea that she has is that the, the women who lived in the house before found Lalandria when she went through the portal. Because yep. all portals lead to Oklahoma. And they took her in and nursed her back to health. And so we're kind of led to believe that Lalundria is the one who created the video game. Or helped the woman create the video game. Right. So we don't quite know because she doesn't say she found their, like, mail and saw that it was all, whatever. You know, like, something normal. It was, it was, the timeline got messy. Too messy for my liking. Yeah, shit got messy and hard to understand. Right. So I, I was there with you. So anyways, she calls up her buddy, her roommate lady, she gets back home. She gets them all ready to go. They go back. Mm-hmm. Kesar's like, I'm sorry. I love you. I miss you. We'll have sex and have babies now. And he rips his magical birth control tattoo off of himself. What? Mm-hmm. I know I read that. It's still not weird. It's 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 weird. It's It'll never not be weird. If I could have a magical tattoo that acts as, as my birth control, that'd be pretty freaking sweet. Yeah. But, like, what I don't want to rip my own chest flesh off to get rid of it, though. What would your magical birth control tattoo look like, and where would it be? Um, hmm. That was a great question. I would never have thought of that. Let me put some more thought into that and get back to you. <laughs> um... But yeah, so there's like this whole thing where where he has kind of made up and he's like, Ugh, I hate not being with her because she's so smoking hot and all this stuff. Also, their sex like wasn't intercourse. No. 
for most of the sex scenes. Yeah. It was a lot of... Finger banging. And like rubbing. Yeah. But not dry humping. It was also maybe because the author made a note that she was confused as to why she didn't have to use the toilet ever. And then never explained anything about... Why? In the Fey world, you don't have to pee or poop. But you have babies. But that's not how bodies work. Even Fey bodies? Yeah. Or do they use every single thing that they ingest so well that they don't ever have elimination? They have no waste? I don't know. See, we have there are just like weird holes in the story. Not like ones that are pertinent to the story. It's like weird plot lines. There's no so sense. Confusing. So she is now the queen of the Dusklands again. Uh-huh. And he, as his apology, he gives her her BFF. The old lady. Um, a hunk of or the heart of an immortal so that she can also be immortal. And she says, did that one deserve to die? And he's like, yeah. That one did. And then the cat's there and all this stuff, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. And he's like, I'm going to convince her I'm so in love with her. And he does. And then they hook up again mm-hmm. because he like flitters them to her room or something. Would you want to have the power to flitter? Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. Sounds less scary than like actual like flu powder shit or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he can, like, go wherever he wants, as long as, like, he only do it in the castle in Dusklands, whatever. But, like, he can go home and bring stuff back with him. Fuck yeah. He can flitter other people to places in, like, to get them safe and stuff. Okay. So this felt like a really weird, awful, drawn-out summary, because it had to be. Yeah. There was no other way for us to do this, because, like, the beginning is the prologue. Mm-hmm. And then, like, his formative years. Mm-hmm. The middle is, like, their weird adventure and then hating each other but also wanting to fuck. Yep. And then the end is his apology and his, like, quote-unquote grand gesture. Yeah. But the whole time has, like, this similar thread through it of her being like, that's in that video game. That's in that video game. That's in that video game. And I'm like, oh, my God. Just go with it. Just, like, just be like, oh, someone must be from here yeah. that made the game. Like, It, it would have made more sense. So... Overall, Ugh. I found a lot to to not like, and I do. Like I said, I really love a good Fae story. I'm kind of surprised you dislike it as much as you do. I am too. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. If anybody has a good Fae romance, send it my way. You know his his ears aren't pointy in his photo. Well, he's a human in the photo, and that's a tattoo that's been photoshopped very clearly. And he's supposed to have maps all down his arms. Yeah. They did it wrong. That was the other thing was she could read his maps. That he scratched into himself. He claws himself. That, okay, another question. How come he another trigger. How come he has metal claws, but he doesn't grow claws? The other Fae grow their claws and use them as weapons. Because I don't think that he's technically what they would consider like a high Fae. Because he's made himself into one exactly. with the vengeance. Yeah. And, okay, kind of cute. He gifts her the other half of his set. Oh, and That's she, kind of sweet. And she's like... Also, clothes that form themselves to fit you perfectly sounds amazing. <laughs> that is the best part of this whole book. You can wear whatever you want. Doesn't matter who it belongs to. Because it goes, zoop, and then it's your size. Shoes that fit Appropriately right sized. 
I would, I'd be down for that. There are things that I'm down for in this book that have nothing to do with the plot. Like do the you feel a little bit weird that her last name is Bardot? Yeah. I feel like that's a really weird ripoff mm-hmm. of like an actual human being. Yes. And I don't know that I like that. I don't like it at all. Chantel Cookie Bardot. I also didn't like that they called her Cookie all like through different parts. I don't like that. Well, they kept flip-flopping between her name. Yeah. I didn't like it. If you okay, well let's get back to this tattoo situation I asked you about. Oh, you yeah. had a magical birth control tattoo, what would it be and where would you have it? Mine would be Mine would be a skull with flowers. Sure. And I would have it somewhere you couldn't see it. <laughs> I would have it like in the very tippy top part of like your hip where your hip bends. Okay. Okay. Because I'm fat. No one's going to see that. Hmm. That's where mine would be. I don't know what mine would be. Would you want yours to like some that you could see it? Like someone could see that? I, I mean, I don't care about that part because like we're covered in tattoos if it's not all the if it's not all the same <laughs> like everyone else's looks different then it wouldn't matter what mine looked like right because yeah. people wouldn't look at me like that's your birth control tattoo <laughs> you know what i mean it's so like, like three dots and a uterus yeah who knows <laughs> who knows yeah i don't really have anything in my mind that would be like oh yeah that's what it would be nothing okay that's fair that's fair I thought of, I put a little thought into mine. Mine yeah. would definitely be like, it would look a little bit like that um, that lithograph painting thingy I have over there. Oh, uh, yeah. Just okay. a little bit. No bird and no arrows, but like definitely a skull and some flowers. Hmm. Make it stylish. Yeah. Like watercolor flowers, though. Mm, right. Right. <laughs> sure. Make it fashion. Yeah. And then put it somewhere no one's going to see it. I mean, why not? All right. That's that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> if you have an idea for a birth control tattoo design, please let us know. <laughs> let us know. Write in. I gave you all of our socials at the top. Um, our email address is there. Also, if you have a fae romance that is not a Gina Showalter romance, send I know, it my way. I know. Um, don't send Akatar, A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass, because that's my favorite series. Ever. That we won't read on here. That we won't read on here because I know Kat will dislike it and then she'll make me sad if she hates it. Why will I dislike it? Um, Because the first book has a totally different wrong for her hero. Tamlin is a tool bag. And Feyre is like, I love him. And then he's a dick. Oh. You might like it. I don't know. Borrow it from the library. Don't buy it. I'm afraid. <laughs> That's fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. So with that... All being said, on a scale, on a star rating, one to five, what did you give Heartless? I gave it a two. Okay. Um, I gave it a two because there were pieces that I liked, mm-hmm. but literally nothing I connected with. <laughs> and that's always like one of my big things is that I want to feel connected to a character. Yeah. I'm, I can be petty. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anyone that's not capable of being petty. But I would never say I was vengeful. And so I don't, I don't feel you, connected to our main characters in that way. You don't have revenge in your body. Like, you are petty, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll make, like, a well-placed comment. But, like... But you don't have revenge Not, in not your the heart. vengeance thing. No. You're 100% not the type of person to have um, 
vengeance in your heart. I just don't see that for you. But then, like, the plot holes and the timeline confusion that we have. Mm-hmm. And then just like an unsatisfying ending to the viewer thing, which I understand is meant to further the the series. I'm yeah. just not not into it. I gave this one. I'm pulling up my um, my rating here. I gave this one a 1.75. Okay. Um, I liked the concept. I liked the idea. Hated the characters. Mm-hmm. Hated, 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 hated the characters. Um, I could not click with any of them. I did not find any of them lovable. Not even Kesar when he had his moment of, but I love her. No, fuck you. I couldn't stand him. Mm-hmm. Couldn't stand Cookie, Chantel, whatever her name is. The only thing, the only characters in this book that I really liked were the cat and the old lady. Because you are both the cat and the old lady. Because <laughs> I am the cat and the old lady. Um, but otherwise, I did not like What was anything. the old lady's name? Something Jean, right? Pearl Jean. Pearl Jean. Pearl Jean. Which is a very southern name. A very old lady southern name. I love Pearl Jean. And then the cat. What was the cat's name? Sugars. Sugars, yeah. I don't like that. I didn't like that either, but the only characters I liked were the cat and the old lady, so there's that. Um, I felt like it could have been executed better. Right. And I felt like if vengeance wasn't the only thing on these characters' minds, that it could have been a better book. I just, I feel like part of the major problem is that there are so many things that are too similar. Yeah. Both in the lore portion of this and in, like, the general plot. Because if you continue reading through Cressley Cole's YA series, she has a dark king who's destined to be with the Poison Princess. Yeah. And, like, kidnaps her. Like, (laughs) very, very similar. Um, More more post-apocalyptic and weird but like very similar plot like overarching idea and that's to me i always feel like that's weird not that people can't have the same idea or take a similar idea and make it their own but when things are too similar like we read those two books um well what's the one that's coming with a movie the hating game yeah we read that one and then we read um the one right after it was the construction one Oh, God. Um, By Sarah Smith. Yeah. Faker. Yeah. So, like, we read those two. And I listened to our our episodes when we found out that, that um, oh, my God. Why can't I think of names of books? I don't know. When we found out that that movie's coming out, I, I, I read through, like, our notes. And then I listened again. And then our next one after the hitting game was Faker. And we're like, it was the same goddamn book. But it was better. And it was, which is mind-blowing. Speaking of the Are we going to go hate watch? I was just going to ask, are we going to go see I want the hating to. game? I think we can watch it from home. I think you can pre-order um, tickets to see it at home as opposed to seeing it in theater. Maybe. I will look into that. Okay. And we will figure out what's going to happen with that. we hate watched Fifty Shades... I think we're going to have to hate watching this one because of the trailer. Yeah. Um, The casting is wrong. It's, and yeah. when the casting is wrong and it's unknown people, sometimes that can be really good. Sometimes it can be really bad. I'm predicting really bad because the main character is one that we've seen in other things and is like. It's Lucy Hale. She's okay. Yeah. But she's not 
she's not, she's not this Lucy character from the character. Yeah, she's just not. I'm gonna. We'll look into it when we finish recording. Yeah. And we'll figure it out. Anyways, we've got two more books for this year. Yes, we have two more. For and this we're year. gonna do our best to like get them done in the next week. Yes, I am going to be out of state for Christmas. So like literally next weekend, we have to get this done. So we have to we have to record them next weekend, and so we're going to read them. I am. 44 pages into our next book. Nice. Which is an anthology that Kat picked. Um, because it was an author that we've liked in the past and we've done themed stuff, right? I've never read Jennifer Cruzy. Never? No, I've never read Jennifer Oh, then Cruzy. we haven't read it for the pod, but I've read it and I think you, my aunt reads it. You enjoy Jennifer Cruzy. I know that. Yeah. You liked her. She has some horniness to her sometimes. That's pretty cool, though. I'm all right with that. Yeah. So our next one is going to be Santa Baby by Jennifer Cruzy with two novellas, one by Lori Foster and one by Carly Phillips. Um, so join us for that. Hopefully, if all goes well, I will have this one out shortly after Heartless, and then I will have our next one after that, which let's go ahead and just announce now is going to be In a Holidays by Christina Lauren. So I'll have all of these out before the end of the year. I'm probably going to be editing at my grandparents' house. I hope they're proud of me. <laughs> Magical. Magical Christmas time. Magical Christmas just so, editing. It's in the 70s here, but it is December. Yes. We're wearing shorts and yeah. short sleeves and sandals. I don't have a use for a hoodie at this point. Which is so disappointing. Unless I get up hella early and go to the gym. Yeah. But even then, it's not that bad. And I haven't done that in two weeks. I don't want to talk about it. Um, Oh, oh, before we go, keep an eye out. We are going to be doing some really cool stuff. And by me, I mean we, me. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm doing really cool stuff. Um, The Tucson Festival of Books is happening in person March 2022. I hope it stays in person. This Omicron thing is scary. scary. It's scary. I hope it stays in person, too. Um, I am going to be moderating some panels. I've already discussed the panels that I want. The author list is posted. Ooh. Christina Lauren is going to be Yes. Here. I cannot tell you how excited I am. I just want to sit in a room with Christina Lauren, and I want to talk about how much I love them, and then also talk about BTS. Okay, don't start with that, though, or else you're just lost. No, they're BTS fans. No. Oh, I mean, yeah. then you won't talk about anything else. No, yeah. No, then we won't talk about yeah, anything else. Yeah, no, don't start with that. So, um, yeah, Christina Lauren will be here. Jen DeLuca. Oh, we love Jen DeLuca, we too. Love, we love Jen DeLuca. So Jen DeLuca is going to be there. Allie Hazelwood. Um, Katie Robert. Jess Pride um, is going to be a presenting author this year. Oh, cool. She's got her book is coming out. Um Kosoko Jackson, he's got a book coming out next year that I'm really excited to read. Oh, God, who else was there? There were others. There's it's a, a long list. Uh, Festival of Books is like a huge deal mm-hmm. in Tucson, and it's super, super fun. So this should be a really good time. One of my favorite authors of all time, TJ Klune, is going to be here. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to scream a lot. It'll be fine. Um, so keep an eye out. I don't know that we're going to put any of our uh, festival books on our podcast this year. Just yeah. Because we've got a lot going on. We're we're going to have to start planning that soon. But uh, keep an eye out. Who knows what's going to happen? It could be fun. But uh, join us next time for Santa Baby. And until then, remember, bad bitches read romance. Bye. Bye. Bye.